Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, you wonderful, intelligent, beautiful, kind-hearted babe you and thank you for listening to another episode of the believe in bravo besties podcast i am your host diana jebbia at diana jebbia g-e-b-b-i-a on instagram and tiktok if you're not following me you should do that this week we've got another recap of shahs of sunset i did kind of want to a tell you about my weekend so far and b spill some bravo tea with you Why don't we do that? Because I had another LVP encounter, okay? So my friend Nicole is in from Jersey. Um, She's with our other friend Chris and her friend Noah. So I decided to live it up a little and meet up with them in West Hollywood. She has never been to LA. So of course I had to show her around the Vanderpump bars. So we had reservations at TomTom which is delicious. If you're ever in LA and you're ever in WeHo and you're deciding which bar to go to, I would say eat at TomTom, which I know is kind of sacrilege because Sir is where it all happens. You know, that's where the show is. But I think the food at TomTom is like 50 million times better than Sir. They need to like spruce it up at Sir a little bit. But yeah, so we started the night off at TomTom. I did see who I thought looked like a new cast member, Jojo Guadagno, a.k.a. the Twerk King. He had like a little man bun in his head, and I know Jojo always wears them. I couldn't really tell because of the mask, but like I'm 98% sure it was him. He was not our server, though. Our server was so friendly. I don't remember his name, but he was really great. Excellent drinks is always there. I had the nut case. I always get the nut case. It's like a coconutty, delicious tropical drink and then they had the Kentucky muffin Madam Butterfly it was just a really good night and after that was done we decided to move over to pump and this is where it gets exciting so we're walking into the lounge and like as we're walking in well first here's the weird thing he's like oh do you have reservations there was like a bouncer outside and normally they just go ahead and check your ID And we said, no, we don't have reservations. And he said, "Okay, you'll have to go in through the lounge. So we're walking into the lounge and who's sitting there. But other than Lisa Vanderpump and Ken Todd and Puffy, who, by the way, Puffy has his own chair at the table. He's like sitting on the chair. This dog is worth more than my entire life. I needed to get that out there. How many times have you, I was going to say, how many times have you gone to a bar and there weren't enough chairs at the bar, but we were at Bump and there were not enough chairs for four of us to sit on, but Puffy got his own chair. We're peasants. That's what we are. Uh, Lisa was wearing a crown. And when I told my mom that, she said, why? And I'm like, it's Lisa. She does what she wants. But yeah, I didn't stop and say hi this time because she wasn't very fond of me the last time doing that again. I don't know for sure if she was, but it didn't seem like that. Also, she was enjoying dinner. I'm not going to be rude to people while they're eating dinner. I do have boundaries, contrary to popular belief. You might not think I do, but I do, okay? Yeah, we had a really good time at Pump. And then after, we ended up going to the Abbey for a little. And then we ended the night at Sir. And Jeremy was our bartender at Sir. I totally screwed up the name of the drink I wanted to order because there's like some sort of Parisian drink. And then there's the Midnight Fizz, which is what I wanted to order. And I called it the Midnight in Paris. And he's like, I don't know what that is. I was so embarrassed. But he was really sweet about it. And he's like, no, listen, it happens. 
I'm like, yeah, Jeremy. We were kind of flirty. We're like, thanks, Jeremy. And he's probably like, I hate these kids. No, he's not like that at all. He was very sweet. He was so sweet. But that was our, our wacky night out in West Hollywood. I loved it. I loved every second. I forgot how nice it was to go out. Like when we were at the Abbey and we were just dancing around, there was a guy, he came up to me and he's like, I love your hair. And he had this beautiful, like bedazzled eye makeup look. And I'm like, I love your eyes. And we just hugged each other. And it's just, it felt so good to do that. I haven't done that since pre-COVID. So I'm so glad things are hopefully on the up and up. Knock on wood, fingers crossed, toes crossed, all the rituals, all the good luck rituals, because we don't need to be locked down again. That was just a really dark time. It's so nice to be around people. All right, we have some serious Bravo tea to spill, and I'm glad I kind of waited a little bit longer to get this podcast out. I'm sorry about that, but something huge happened yesterday. So Naomi Olindo and Matul Shah from Southern Charm, They have split, which is pretty wild for a few reasons. So if you remember, Matul was Naomi's boyfriend after Craig, and things were pretty serious between them. They had been together for a few years. They just moved to New York. And then yesterday, earlier yesterday, there were some rumors floating around that he cheated on her. Nothing was confirmed. There were some rumors that they split, and then she moved back to Charleston from New York. And then finally, People Magazine confirmed the news. I'm looking at the article right now, and it was her agent who confirmed it, saying she did move back to Charleston and she wants to stay there. And then after that, she kind of posted the most heartbreaking absolutely heart-wrenching story to Instagram. And if you've ever been involved with a breakup, if you've ever been broken up with, if you've ever been cheated on, like this, this absolutely smacked you in the stomach. So she said, nothing will be worse than losing my dad, but this is a close second. Betrayal is never easy for anyone, and I'm just so sorry to anyone else that has stumbled across those terrible messages. I'm absolutely positive I will regret posting this tomorrow, but many of you have reached out saying you're feeling a similar pain. I'm so, so sorry. And it's a picture of her clearly crying, um, snuggling up with her cat. And it's just devastating. So the messages that she was referring to, there were just rumors that there were just vile messages of Matul talking to someone else, clearly cheating on her. So it's rough. And it's also just shitty because Naomi's gorgeous. And listen, I know it's not all about looks, but she's a gorgeous, poised, confident, successful woman. And no matter who you are, whether you're a woman or a man, if someone's going to cheat, they're just going to do it. Like, wasn't Beyonce cheated on? Right? Like in the song? It's just so. So the men are menning. And I don't even mean that as like an attack on men. But like in this situation, the men are menning. And it just sucks. But she's such a class act that um, she posted. Oh, hold on. She did post, but she took it down. One of my friends has it. Let me pull it up. I am so thankful for all of the support you guys are giving me right now. Trust me, I need it. This is incredibly embarrassing and I feel so lost. I just ask that you please stop sending saying hateful things to Matul. I have self-respect and will not be getting back together with him, but he is also in a terrible place dealing with the consequences of his actions. Please don't be mean. He is human and the situation is punishment enough. So from what I can see, that has been taken down since... This I did read this off a screen cap on one of my friends who's a Bravo account. Cece loves you. She had posted it. So that's where I'm getting it from. But I think that just the fact that she's able to say in one statement, A, thanking people for the support, B, 
asking them to stop being hateful towards her ex who did something so terrible to her and see like showing that she's got self-respect and she won't take him back that's incredible and I want to let you know Naomi girl even though it's really hard not to feel embarrassed you have nothing to be embarrassed about okay he is the one who screwed up he is the one who lost you he is the one who looks like an asshole for not being faithful to you and for breaching your relationship and your trust so you have nothing to be embarrassed about okay we got your back Obviously, we're not going to do anything mean to him. I don't get people sending hate either. Nothing comes from that. Nothing comes from that. But we will be giving him a big old judgy eye. Okay, we're on your side, Naomi. I hope you feel better. A lot of people want her to get back together with Craig. But I don't know because their relationship just was toxic. Like sometimes just two people aren't a match and that's okay. Right? I mean, they could have grown from it, but who knows? I, I do hope she's going to come back to Southern Charm, though. I would like to see Naomi. I am heated. We also got some interesting rumors about Ramona potentially not returning to the Real Housewives of New York. Now, these rumors were started yesterday. I don't even want to call it a report because they're just rumors. They're just hands. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah, it's Radar Online is the one who is saying this is happening. They posted an article saying producers set to ask Ramona Singer from Real Housewives of New York after disastrous season. We again, we don't know if it's true. Sources don't know who these sources are, but Radar is claiming that sources are saying Ramona will not be invited back to next season of the show because she's too expensive. So like she's making too much money, they're claiming and that she's just not working with the show anymore that I agree with listen if that part is true that I agree with I was talking with oh no bravo last week she had me on her live which was super fun you can catch the recap on her Instagram page by the way and everyone's complaining that this season of Roni is boring and Ebony's not to blame for that okay this isn't Ebony's fault Ebony's just trying to as she put it on the show have fun with these women but make sure that she can feel safe around them and every single time she's got to go in a circle and explain things to Ramona explain her basic feelings as a human being and Ramona's just not getting it and it's painful to watch because Ramona doesn't want to understand and she doesn't want to have these conversations and she runs off or she tries to be distracting on camera and it's like we're getting sick of it also if Kelly Dodd was axed from OC like why the hell haven't we gotten rid of Ramona yet? She doesn't add anything to New York. I'm sorry. I, I never could stand Ramona. So again, don't know if these rumors are true. I hope they're true. We already have Daily Mail counteracting them. So Daily Mail posted an article saying Real Housewives of New York cash shakeup is on the horizon, but Insider insists Ramona Singer isn't going anywhere following claims she's getting axed. First of all, also, like, I want to know who these sources and insiders are. Is it Harry Dubin? Is it Tom? Like, I don't get it. Who are all these sources? Who are all these insiders? Because we've got one source claiming one thing, and we've got an insider claiming the exact opposite. So somebody's wrong here, okay? One of you isn't as close to the source as you think you are, and you need to realize that. And you need to stop releasing stuff to the media so we can get our facts straight. And it also just bothers me, a side note, like I'm, I'm on one today. 
It bothers me when accounts rush to deliver news we're not sure about yet. I was always taught it's better to be late than wrong. So I would rather show up to the party late than show up early to the wrong address. And then it's like, why are you in this stranger's home grabbing chips and guac out of his fridge? That's weird. That's what people look like when they report things early and they're wrong. No shade to anyone. I'm not throwing shade. I'm just saying this is a personal pet peeve of mine. But yeah, um, the insider exclusively told Daily Mail that a cash shakeup is coming. But Ramona Singer, quote, ain't going anywhere. Ain't going anywhere. The network insider revealed this story is complete rubbish. Who says ain't and rubbish? Those are very two different dialects, question mark. Whatever. I don't I'm not buying either story yet. I'm going to wait for Bravo to drop the news and then I'll let you know. Those are the two biggest happenings inside the Bravo universe right now. That is the Bravo tea we had to spill. Um, Atul and Naomi, clearly the bigger story of the two. Once we get a further development with Ramona and the cash shakeup that's supposedly allegedly happening, we'll have more about that one. But why don't we get into some Shaz recaps, okay? All right, let's recap this episode of Shaz of Sunset. I don't feel like this was as strong as the other episodes have been. And of course, it ended with a to be continued, which, bravo, we've seen enough of the to be continued. Literally, the hour before The Real Housewives of Potomac ended with the to be continued, and then they slapped another one on for Shaw's. It's ridiculous. We had one for New York. Like, enough, 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 enough. (sighs) I'm in such a great mood today. But yeah, they are planning the Friendsgiving dinner, which is kind of weird that Nima and London are planning it since they're like newer friends in the group and they're not even the friends in this whole situation. Like MJ and London are the ones who are friends. I don't know. It just reeked of production, to be quite honest with you. It just did. But the good thing that comes from all of this is that Nima and London are out for food and they're asking, you know, they're talking about planning Friendsgiving and Nima asks her, like, I want to make things right with Gigi. What should I do? Which, like, finally somebody on the show is taking advantage of the relationship expert. How many episodes did it take? Come on. We had the whole issues with Paulina and Mike and we had the issues with, you know, Gigi and MJ not getting along there for a little bit. And of course, Reza and Mike. And like, finally, Nima steps up and is like, hey, London, I have this issue. How do I handle it? Kudos to you, Nima. You did something right. And London gave some really great advice. She had like Nima role play. So let's say she was Nima and he was pretending to be Gigi. And what's the worst that Gigi could say? And London would tell him how to respond to it, which I was taking notes at this the entire time and he agrees he's gonna reach out to Gigi and we see that happen later on in the episode. Reza, Adam, and Destiny are hanging out at his house and Reza has a whole ass like Hermes, I don't know if it's a card mat or a tablecloth because Reza and Adam are playing cards and they're on this Hermes mat and I'm like damn Reza has the best designer stuff like just the most random objects that I wouldn't even think twice to think would come in designer. Reza has it all. And I'm blown away. I also think that Reza and I are friends in my mind because on Instagram a couple of weeks ago, I did make the meme with Mike saying there's a snake in this group on Sheriff Woody. And it said there's a snake in this group from Sheriff Mike. It was like my best achievement in my whole life. 
I'm so proud of it. And Reza thought it was funny and he kept commenting on it. And he's so sweet. He's so nice. So yeah, I'm, I've always been team Reza in the Reza and Mike situation, but now I'm even further along team Reza and his fabulous designer stuff. (laughs) Destiny's saying that she hasn't heard from Paulina and we kind of, find out more about that later on in the episode right off the bat I'm gonna say it's Mike putting things in Paulina's mind to make her not reach out because Paulina was so heavily um active in talking to everyone and telling everyone her problems and all of a sudden she's gonna cut off communication after the party I think Mike's preaching to her and Reza is upset that Mike isn't owning his shit which is kind of a big theme later on in this episode, this so-called accountability, because I feel like there are aspects they both didn't own their shit, although Rez is being a lot better about it, and Mike kind of just wants Rez to own up to things he didn't necessarily do. And Destiny overall says that she did see a difference in the Mike that apologized to her, and she wants to believe him. So we'll see what happens with that. Mike and MJ are talking about Reza and... Mike brings up that Reza critiques his wardrobe, which to be quite honest with you, I feel like that just didn't stick out in my mind that much because I don't really remember that. Like when they spoke about it, I kind of did. But at first, I just didn't really think that was all that important. He said it takes him back to not being accepted as a kid, which I can understand. But I think this is one of the ways that Mike kind of dances around the topic. So like we know what he's mad about. And we see this later on in the episode. He's never good at being upfront about what he's mad about. He's got to do a little song and dance to get to the point. It's like, get to the point, Mike. Like, come on. This show's only an hour long. And you're taking 53 minutes to explain. Like, to do some, I don't know, charade before you get to the point. Stop. MJ just says everyone wants to get past it. Which, like, we as the viewer right now are also MJ. Like... We're done. We've seen enough of this fight. It's bullshit. It, this is, I'm sorry, this is Mike's season in the doghouse, I guess. It's, I don't know. It's, it's his turn to be the villain. I, I've mentioned this before. It rotates every season. This is Mike's season to be the villain. And he's just got to own it. I think that he's the one not accepting accountability. I'm getting way too far ahead of myself in this recap. We'll talk more about it later, but I think Mike's not the one who's accepting accountability here. This part was definitely one of the more exciting parts of the episode. It's where Gigi and Nima finally meet up to hopefully reconcile. Gigi's talking and she's just saying she thinks that Nima is calculated, which I don't necessarily agree with. I think Nima overall seems like a good guy. Donnie and I had ranked him as one of the best behave for lack of a better way of putting it guys in the group like he's got the best intentions out of everyone on like the sliding scale of of Shah morality like he's definitely on the better end of it I think that this just has to do with Gigi it's just her own internal stuff about not wanting to forgive Nima and we can tell that Nima's very serious about Gigi and he cares deeply for her just by the amount of effort he puts into this reconciliation. I have never, ever had a guy go to the lengths of listening to me and making sure I felt validated and heard and wanting to make things right. So good on you, Nima. Like, ladies, get yourself a Nima. 
if you don't have one. Okay, let's all go get Nemas. Let's let's update our dating bios. Hashtag looking for Nima. That's what we have to do because he is an A plus man with the lens of him going to London and asking how to make it right with Gigi to following through with London's advice and really listening to her and respecting her boundaries. We stand. We want a Nima. This was the more successful reconciliation of the show. The two agree that they're going to take baby steps and move forward in their friendship. And we love to see it. I I would love to see Nima and Gigi together. I think they would be such a beautiful couple. But we know that that's not Gigi's thing. And I think that Nima recognizes that he would just be heartbroken if he tried to do anything with her. Also, Gigi did ask Nima if he thought that she was really mad because he turned her down in Hawaii. And he admitted, he said, no, I just did that because I was angry. Like, A plus man, A plus man, takes accountability. That's the example that Mike needs to pick up on, okay? Takes accountability, admits his wrongdoing, explains why he did what he did, explains his insecurity, is vulnerable, and they move forward. Like, how freaking mature is that? That's all we ask for, men. That's all we ask for the three men who listen to the show, okay? So Mike and Reza are going to try and have a reconciliation of their own, and they agree to meet up. It was like, Bravo did this, this text messages on screen, Delio, and it was like, Mike's text bubble said we should talk before Friendsgiving and Reza's was like okay sure or something like that or maybe just sure and that was it like if you're gonna show it a text to speech bubble I don't know make it more interesting than that like I get that they had to show him reaching out but I just that was stupid in my opinion there were there were different ways to do it again why doesn't Bravo just hire me as a producer as I've mentioned so many times on this podcast um, this is one of my favorite scenes of the whole episode, MJ and Destiny, because they recognize that Nima and London are the ones planning the Friendsgiving, and they're not like the OG friends of the group, and it's a little weird, so they kind of hijack it. MJ starts a group text, and she said, we're doing a potluck, which I love this energy so much, so much. Like, MJ's like, no, no, like, they're newbies. We have more rank than you. We're doing a potluck. Let me start this. And I, it's just one of the reasons I love MJ. If I was having a party and MJ decided to take over it, I would move out of the way for this queen, okay? So now here's what's supposed to be the other big reconciliation event of this show. And before I talk about it, I want to ask you, do you ever notice how the Bravo celebrities are able to snag parking spots right in front of the restaurant. I live in LA now, if you didn't know that. I feel like I mention it all the time, but I do. And I just want to point out that this is so unrealistic, okay? That never happens. Specifically, I'm going to tell you why. Because usually the spot that's right in front of the restaurant is reserved for valet, so you can't park there. And it's usually like the valet is set up and they take you drop your car off at that point and then they move it somewhere else. So if the restaurant's open, you can't park there. So that's not why it's not realistic. And even if the spot is open, somebody else has taken it. So I definitely think that's a producer setup because Reza just pulled on in, got out of his car and sat right down. 
maybe that's also why I need to hang out with Reza because I can get prime parking spots. Ideally, if this were real life, it would literally show them like circling around the block three times, finding something they think is a parking spot, going to pull in, and either realizing A, they don't fit, B, you need a permit to park there, or C, it's a red curb and you can't park there. That's literally like these ideal parking situations. Come on, Bravo. I know Andy says that he likes to humanize the housewives and the Bravo liberties by showing us their their orders on menus, like what they order at restaurants. I think it would humanize them even more to have them looking for a parking spot. Will you get on board with me for this cause? Can we petition this? Let's do it, okay? But yeah, he finds his princess parking and he gets out of the car. And I don't I didn't see what car Reza was driving, but it was dirty. And like, to be fair, my car's a little bit dirty too. I just drove my friends around LA today and I was so embarrassed. I'm like, oh my God, my car's so dirty. I have to get this clean before my parents come visit me. But who has the time? Who has the time? Anyway, um, Mike makes a comment about his dirty car. And Reza said something to the effect that the reason why he drove that car was he wanted to feel more stripped down since Mike critiques his wardrobe. I don't know what the obsession with both these guys and, and the critiquing of the wardrobes is this episode, but I, I don't think I've ever heard either one of them like seriously critique, like maybe in jest, but I think they're, again, using this to hide something bigger. And, and Mike goes into his feel like, oh, we're playing make-believe, are we? Something like that. I just, I don't love Mike's attitude. I think he is incapable, well, A, of taking accountability, but it's just he's got to prove he's so tough all the time. And it's irritating. And it, it's probably comes from, like earlier, he had mentioned that it has to do with some childhood trauma, not feeling accepted, that when Reza would critique his wardrobe, that's what it made it feel like. But I think that's why he feels like he needs to come off as a tough guy all the time. And we as viewers are kind of bored of that. It can only get you so far. You got to be real with us. And I like that Reza and like even before when we were talking about Nima, they're able to get more vulnerable in their fights, which is I am getting ahead of myself. But when Mike tries to pin these spoof texts on Reza again, I believe Reza in this situation when he says he didn't send them because Reza seems like he's being upfront and real about everything at this point in time. I don't know. That's just let's let's get further into this because I'm getting way ahead of myself. But Mike is just pissing me off this season. And I feel really bad saying that because there have been other seasons where I do like him and I do love the show and I do love this group. There's no one on this cast where I'm like, oh, I hate them. And I would be absolutely devastated if Mike like were to block me. I'm getting really full of myself. There's no way he listens to this podcast and would go through the lanes of blocking me. But Bethany Frankel did. So like there's that. But yeah, the whole point of that is I just, I don't know. I feel bad. I like Mike, but the way he's acting is just really pissing me off. I love how vulnerable Reza gets in this conversation, okay? So Reza says he's, he gets resentful of Mike kind of when he, he acts out. So for that, I take it, you know, stepping out on Paulina and lying about it and not taking accountability for it. And Reza says he's triggered by Mike acting like that because it reminds him of how his dad did his mom wrong. How how amazing is that to admit? That is such big growth, okay? Like, we stand that, Reza. That's huge. That's what we want to see. I wish that Mike would give that energy off, but Mike 
tries to act holier than thou again and he brings up these spoof texts that he's claiming someone sent via an app which i gotta give total credit to the producers this year and the editors of shaw's they are absolutely killing the game they bring up the spoof text and the lower third it says spoof text edited via app which like it's just really funny so mike's accusing reza of sending those again says you blamed it on Gigi, but Gigi said she didn't do it so it had to be you i don't know if mike necessarily sent the text i i i tend to think he did but i don't know it could go either way i really do think that he mike sent the text to kind of distract from the cheating thing just so he could break the attention away from him being unfaithful and be like look everyone's trying to sabotage my relationship that's his favorite thing to say they're sabotaging my relationship that's just i don't know mike has kind of narcissistic tendencies not to diagnose anyone and i've dealt with narcissists before and what they love to do is just bring the attention away from them how can i distract to take the eyes off my wrongdoing where can i pass blame that's kind of what mike's doing right now and mike's saying to reza like take accountability and this will all be over pressuring gaslighting Take accountability for the spoof texts and we can move on. But Reza's saying, I can't because I didn't send them. And I believe Reza. The fact that Reza came into this conversation, a whole ass adult, was vulnerable, expressed concern for Paulina, expressed love for Mike. And he he doesn't want to accept accountability for the spoof text because he didn't send them. I believe Reza in this situation. I really do. And the two, they they don't leave off on the best terms and they kind of just agree to disagree and walk away, which I good for Reza. I know how painful it is when you care about someone and it's a hard decision to just be like, we can't move forward right now. We're not on the same page. I think it was very healthy of Reza to set that boundary, agree to disagree. Let's move on. And Friendsgiving happens. So this caused me the most anxiety in the entire episode. You can definitely tell that producers set this up because London doesn't know how to cook. Let's have the person who doesn't host friends, like, no. The person who does not know how to cook is not going to agree to open up her mother's kitchen. Her mom had a beautiful house, by the way, and host thanks for, like, the Friendsgiving. It just doesn't happen. That's not how it works. I am a pretty good cook, and I wouldn't agree to hosting Friendsgiving. Like, no, no. So this is the work of the producers. But yeah, they're at London's mom's gorgeous house, and, like, Nima... And London trying to prepare Friendsgiving is just an absolute disaster in every sense of the word. So they're reheating Thanksgiving. So Nima went to the grocery store and he buys, you know, like the sides and the turkey and they all have to reheat them. So Nima pulls out the turkey in his bag, right? And they're reading the directions on how to prepare the turkey, how to, I shouldn't even say prepare, how to reheat the turkey, Sorry, I like Nima, but I got to be straight up here. It's not preparing if you just literally stick it in the freaking oven. You push a button and then you put the turkey in the oven and that's it. But yeah, they go to put the turkey in the oven and London's like, should we remove it from the plastic? And my heart fell into my asshole. I'm not even kidding you. I literally went, like, thank God Nima told him. Yeah, take off the plastic. Could you just imagine everyone gets there and they don't have a turkey because it's like 
plastic glazed turkey at that point because she heated. How do you not know? Should we keep it in the plastic? What do you think's going to happen? It's going to magically evaporate off into evaporated plastic heaven or some crap in the oven? Like what what did you think? Do you think when you take it out of the oven, you I'm like trying to go through her thought process. You unpeel it while it's smoking hot. Plastic melts. Plastic melts. So like, of course, if your oven's what, 350, whatever they had to heat it on. I don't know. I don't even eat. So admittedly, I don't know how you cook a turkey. 450. Who knows? But like high temperature is enough to heat plastic. If you go, they live in L.A., right? If you go outside on a hot day in L.A., OK, your phone will give you a message like it's too hot. You can't use your phone right now. So what makes you think that plastic will be fine in a freaking hot oven that's hotter than a day in L.A.? Come on. It just it, it scared the crap out of me. And even worse, OK, they preheat their oven. They preheat their oven and they leave all the pans inside. And then in the oven, I guess London was using it as storage. And she had baguettes in there. And they were in that little plastic it comes in, which thank God it was plastic and it wasn't paper because that would have been a fire. Um, but yeah, now she sees firsthand that plastic melts when you you put it in a hot oven. So they they had messed up bread. And the pans were really hot. And they had a, you know, grab an, an, um, what's the word I'm looking for? A pot holder. No, an oven mitt. Wow, I couldn't think of the word oven mitt. That's embarrassing. They had to grab an oven mitt and get the pans out of the oven before they could prepare their turkey. So this Friendsgiving so far is a disaster. But we love to see it and we expect nothing less. Nothing less. Gigi and Layla are actually doing some real cooking and they're peeling potatoes and... Gigi's kind of talking shit about MJ's outfits and she said she dresses like she's in music videos, which let's be honest, is MJ known to wear some questionable outfits throughout the season? Yes, but that's part of why we love MJ. And I like that Layla was like, no, no, don't Gigi, don't talk shit about MJ. You're moving forward. She kind of kept her in check and Gigi was like, no, but it's true. And I don't I don't know. It just didn't feel right to me. Like if you're genuinely trying to make things better with the person, if you don't comment about their appearance. I honestly thought that that was going to come up at the dinner. I'm like, this possibly cannot end well. Surprisingly, it didn't. Again, we got a freaking to be continued. So who knows it might next week. But yeah, I don't I didn't like that. I thought that was a little too shady. Are you shocked, though, that Paulina is not coming to Friendsgiving? Nobody's shocked. And Mike says she's preparing for Thanksgiving. They're both hosting their family separately and then one together, which is a solid excuse, but I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I think Mike manipulated Paulina into not coming. And we'll hear more about this at the end of the episode. So Adam and Reza are there. And immediately I, I thought, which is amazing because MJ said it next, it's sad that Tommy can't be there with MJ because of everything that's going on with Reza and Adam. And MJ's upset she's kind of robbed of all the holidays. She said that they would even spend Flag Day together, which that's how deep their friendship is. So I'm glad they're working on it. But come on, like, they got to figure this restraining order thing out. And I loved this little moment because MJ's wearing, I think they're these ridiculously hot shoes. They're these pumps with, like, feathery... um over like when you slide them on there's like feathers on the tip and they're so cute and it brought back I don't know why I randomly thought of this but the other day I was thinking about how when I was five and we went to this store I think it was called 
Macy's. It was like a dollar store type dealio back on Staten Island in the Pergament Mall. Shout out if you know where I'm talking about. They had these like cheap women house slippers and they were exactly that. They were a much smaller heel, but they were black and they had like the feathery toe where you would put your foot in. And I begged my mom to buy them for me and she was a little reluctant, but she did. And I would walk around the house in them and those were like my cute shoes. And I, the other night I'm like, dang, I wish I still had those. They would easily fall apart because they were so cheap, but like I would rock the heck out of them. So MJ was doing it for me. Hers were definitely way more expensive. I love them. And she had mentioned to the group like, oh, I wore these to Thanksgiving with my mom and you know of course Vita had something to say about it and she played a little game and said Reza you pretend to be me and I'll be Vita and and we'll play what happened and it was just so cute to see them interact like that so I really hope these two are on the right path of their friendship because they just warm my heart this is surprisingly not the worst part of the dinner but Gigi sets her centerpiece on fire And then London takes forever to just serve one plate. So again, definite producer setup. Let's take the person who's the least competent in serving, in hosting, and make them host the Friendsgiving dinner. So MJ takes over and she's like going at it. She's making the plate. She's like, no, no, I got this. She's a real woman in charge. And Mike's like, oh, I don't know about MJ serving. She seems like she doesn't wash her hands, which that's kind of a rude comment. Anything you don't wash your hands, Mike. How do you feel about that? Allegedly, so I don't get sued. <laughs> um, I forgot who asked Mike about his building project. I feel like it was Gigi, but I could be wrong. But Mike had taken over this property that his brother bought. He went in with them and they're rebuilding it as an apartment building. And Mike does his famous backhanded long-winded scenario okay and at first he pays Reza a huge compliment and says you know I learned the best from you Reza I inspect everything and if there's even a little crack I'm not letting it go like I stop them no no I want perfection and that really like Reza loved that like you could tell his heart was warmed by that and he felt so honored and then Mike's got to screw it all up and is like you know I'm just trying to take accountability of things that's all I'm trying to do Just trying to take accountability. And Destiny says what we're all thinking, which like, thank God for Destiny. I really like her. She says, all right, you're dancing around the subject. You want to say that someone else here is not taking accountability for their actions. Like Destiny's tired. Destiny is the audience. We're all tired of Mike now. We're on to him. So Mike says he's tired of everything. He wants to move on. And everyone's tired of the stupid shit. So Gigi takes this opportunity to... She says, I want to ask, but I know you'll get mad. But where's Paulina? Like, I'm kind of afraid to ask. And Nima's like, no, no, I'll ask. You know, where's Paulina? So Mike's like, well, well, the group, she just feels the group is sabotaging our relationship. And she doesn't trust. There's been a level of trust that's been broken. A bullshit. And that's why she's not here. I, okay. Do I think that those words came out of Paulina's mouth? It's possible. But... And this is a very big but, okay? I think the reason if they did come out of her mouth, it's because Mike was the one planting those ideas in her brain. Because if you remember a couple episodes ago when Paulina is talking to Destiny, she says that this isn't the first time that Mike's stepped out on her and she deals with this frequently. Now, if she 
has freely admitted that. And she said, you know, she feels like she has to put up with this because of her culture. If she's freely admitted that, why all of a sudden would she just be like, yeah, you guys are trying to sabotage me and I don't like that. I don't, it just doesn't make sense. It's not a two plus two equals four moment here if you catch my drift, okay? And I love Reza for this. He's like, you know, maybe she would be here if you would let her come, which is literally, I'm sorry, this is what we're all thinking. And I get what he meant because Mike took offense to that and was like, oh, is she my dog? I let her come. And I think what Reza meant was like, you're you're planting things in her brain. You don't want her to be around us. And you're the one who's saying like, she can't trust us, that he makes it that way. So I get what he meant. And even Reza said, you know, maybe it was the wrong term. Again, Reza being vulnerable, trying to truly make things right. And then Mike gets upset and says like, well, you're the one who did the spoof text. Again, we got to bring up these fucking spoof texts. Who even knows if they're spoof texts? Like, I truly feel like Mike either spoofed them or they were legitimate texts and he's trying to pass them off. But he brings them up. He's like, you need to take accountability. And of course, Reza's like, I didn't do it. Like, it's, it's so annoying, but Mike's like, let's call Paulina. And he's kind of feeding, like, yeah, babe, you said that you didn't want to come here because there was a level of trust that was broken, right? And she she's like, yeah, he's like, okay, that's it, we'll talk later. And then she's like, no, and he's like trying to hang up. And she's like, I have something to say. And before we go into the nerve of the to be continued, that to me is so triggering to see because I've dealt with men who have tried to manipulate my words and my thoughts into thinking that I was crazy. And he's trying to cut her off and not let her speak. So I'm really proud of Paulina for standing up to him in that moment. That was really hard to watch. I'm sorry. It's just like Mike is so controlling. It was really incredibly difficult to watch. And Next week, we'll find out what she has to say because there's these to be continues. And I don't know if Bravo hired a new guy and was like, you know, what's going to hook people to be continued. No. Listen, Ralph in screenwriting in the screenwriting department at NBC Universal. We don't like the to be continues. OK, we're tired of them. Give us full episodes. Give us continueds, if you will. OK. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to next week. I really, for the sake of this group, I hope they can move past it. But I think Mike needs to shut up and do a lot of inward work because it's just not, they can't make amends. They can't move on if he's just going to continue being a big child about everything. I want to thank you so much for hanging out with me on this week's episode of Believe in Bravo Besties. This week, there is no that's my opinion only because the show comes out on Sunday and then by the time I recorded it, it was right after the show this week because I'm actually going out to dinner tomorrow, so I would have no time tomorrow. It was just a whole mess of things. So I, I unfortunately had to leave out your opinions, but you could always DM me on my Instagram at Diana Jebia. Let me know what you thought of the episode because I love talking all things Bravo with you. While you're here, if you're not already following me on Instagram and TikTok, do that at Diana Jebia, G-E. B-B-I-A. And if you're also on Instagram, make sure you follow Believe Podcast Networks at Believe Podcast, B-L-E-A-V, and Believe Pop Culture. We've got some really incredible shows lined up for you guys. We're always keeping you entertained. You know my girl Kim Hacero with Bravo East Coast Housewives. So many more great shows. Check out everything Believe has to offer. And I will talk to you next week. Bye, babes.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.